Hello and welcome to the Villa Park Podcast. It's me, Rich, and we have a full house on the show tonight. We've got Kev, we've got Max, we've got Sam to uh, reflect on a comeback win, boys. Aston Villa 3, Crystal Palace 1, and boy, did we leave it late. Lads, how are we feeling today at the day after? Yeah, well, you said it all there. It was, uh, it, it was a tense, tense, tense watch on it um, for about, I'd say, 86 minutes. Um, but yeah, all good. Looking looking forward to diving in. Nice. Hey, nice. Hey, Kev, what about yeah, um, I mean, it's been a pretty intense weekend, to be fair. My, my lad was involved in a 5-4 defeat this morning. Uh, so, you know, like lo- lots of goals and action. Um, uh, there was some... Um, there, there was some equally like you know dodgy play and equally equally brilliant play in that game as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I've never seen the like like of that at Villa Park. Like you know, three goals in. I, I should say the last three minutes when you look at the clock. But it's actually three goals in the last twenty-five minutes, isn't it? Pretty much the last twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, such such. Yeah, this this injury time business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This injury time business is just. Uh, it's well. It came in our favour this time round, but it's uh, it's something to get used to, certainly. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And it'll go, it'll go against us as well at times for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I know I might be pretty laggy. My my internet is not amazing at the minute, so just have to bear with me. But um, guys, do thank you so much for watching. We've got already uh, almost thirty people in the chat. I'll go through comments as soon as possible. We are literally 20 uh, subscribers away from 2,400 on the road to 3K. So please hit that like button. It says at the top of the chat, hit the like button like John Duran hit that thunderbolt uh, yesterday. So do hit the like button, do hit that subscribe button and and, uh, yeah, help us continue to grow. Um, Max, I'll come to you first, mate. Um, Starting lineup... um, like in terms of kind of going through the match in chronological order, starting lineup. Obviously, I guess the headline was uh, Zaniolo starting. What were your feelings with kind of seeing that that lineup at, at um, you know at, at sort of two o'clock? I was quite happy with it. To be fair, I don't know. That was the only change I thought was maybe expected to see him start because apparently, I mean, I didn't watch it, but apparently he was good for Italy over the last week or so for international. So. Wasn't really surprised. I thought he was all right as well when he came in. Um, maybe surprised not to see Bailey start because when he's been playing, he has been all right. But bar that, I think it was pretty pretty standard. Yeah, yeah. And Kev, that was, I think that was your lineup pretty much bang on, wasn't it? I had Tiedemann's in for Kamara because. Um, ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty much bang on. Um, yeah, I was pleased to see Niccolò Zaniolo. Um, and I like it, I like it, I like it. Although we didn't sing that all weekend. So, uh, it, Palace were singing it for uh, Super Sam Johnson in goal. And I was like, well, you've nicked our song now, so we can't do it, even if he scores. You'll think we're copying you. Um, no, it was good to have him in, because um, absolutely, as Max said, I think he did pretty well for Italy. Um, and I think, you know, he's got that kind of physical size. He's got skills. Obviously, we saw glimpses of that. Probably wasn't quite his day. But, um, yeah, and I, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think the options at centre-half were going to be what they were going to be. And, um Everything else is probably the only other surprise might be based on the start of the season in terms of output. Uh, maybe Bailey would have been in there, but um, yeah, I'll come on to Bailey a bit more later. He might be might be might be surprised by my views on this part. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and just finally, Sam, just rounding off that starting lineup, and we did touch on this before we we started the show. Um, you know, some the the fact of the matter is that we had a good bench, and we'll come on to this later. But the likes of Tielemans on the bench, Bailey on the bench, great to see Alex Moreno back, Leander Dendonka back on the bench. He's got good options, hasn't he? You know that that depth is starting to come through. Yeah, and it's it's what we'll need um, if we're gonna you know try and hit on all fronts this season. It's it's so important and so difficult to have quality players in reserve and keep everyone happy, um, especially at the start of the season where we've not really got going with the Carabao, with the FA Cup, with Europe. This obviously starts next week, so you know we're just just few games here here and there. So as the uh, as the games pick up, you know we're going to be able to um, have have a bit more rotation and keep everyone happy. But yeah, it was it's obviously great to have that many names on 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 the bench. But also it's it's not just a vanity thing. You, we will talk about it later. But see just how much it can impact a game and the difference between our quality on the bench and Palace's quality and and, and what that meant for the actual game and the outcome. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, loads of comments coming in, so I will go through some as we speak. Uh, Lee uh, Evans in the chat. Duran looking like he's channeling Daly and Atkinson so far. Look, if he's any, if he scores anything like the quality of goals and he started off with a couple of good ones, then that'll be amazing. As I say, hit that like button like it's a John Duran Thunderbolt. Um, AVFC US. Uh, Dougie never seems to have an off day. Um, and uh, also Tielemans deserves a start. We'll, we'll come on to that as well. Gary uh, in the house. Hi, guys. Great comeback win that. And actually, Duran is quite good. Um, Duncan, evening. Uh, great to have you on board, mate. Black Room says Duran scored a filthy goal. Absolutely. Uh, evening, everyone. Says Rachel. Good evening to you. Um, Dunk says Tielemans and Duran need to start now going forward. Well, we, I'm sure we will get into that a little bit later. Uh, Weston's in the house. There's no way Durant isn't going to be a cult hero at the Villa. Man, he can't half smack him. Uh, Mark's in the house. Evening all. Adamski's in the house as well. Um, and he's also reminding us he's got great internet. Uh, Gary said, my phone died after 70 minutes and just didn't think we would score, especially Watkins, who we're going to, I'm sure, talk about. So great relief to see Durant do the business. Um, that pass by Torres and first touch and finish by Diaby for the offside goal, though such a shame it was chalked off. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's touch on that. So first half, uh, Kev, um, seemed to kind of go the way of sort of last season against Palace. Um, lots of possession for us. Them kind of playing that defensive kind of low block, as people like to say, um, and aim to kind of frustrate us a little bit, but. We were still creating chances. Yeah, that's exactly exactly how I, how I saw it. To be honest, mate, um, I thought that they were making it difficult to kind of get through. They were playing quite deep, um, and I was thinking to myself, "Crikey, you know, like we need to work hard to get through." And then all of a sudden, we created a flurry of chances. I was so annoyed. I've got um, I put Cash in my fantasy league team. I've got Watkins and Diaby. Cash should have scored two. Watkins should have scored two. Diaby should basically. I thought that was a goal, harsh offside. I could have had five goals from from from, from three players in the first half, um, but. That's the mark of what a decent team has to do now, particularly at home. You know, I think a lot of um, big teams are going to get teams trying to nick a point away. It's crazy to think that Villa now are in a situation where, you know, with nine Premier League wins uh, in, on, you know, in a row at home, that teams are going to come and think, I might not get much change out of Villa today. Therefore, they're going to play a certain way. And the, it's, the, the onus is on us to try and break them down. 
but you can't say we didn't try uh, um, and we didn't create chances. Um, and I, again, we'll talk about the quality of finish here. We obviously referred to getting onto Watkins, but I think Cash has been a bit profligate. But then he's getting in the positions. He scored obviously two goals against Burnley. He scored in in Europe as well. And um, there's not many number twos getting in positions like that for those kind of chances. It's certainly not many fullbacks other than maybe Robertson at the weekend getting a goal. Um, but um, we should have been probably two or three and up, up should be half time. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and we did we did hit the back of the net, Max. Um, and as uh, one of the comments alluded to, great pass through, fantastic first touch from Diaby, um, lovely finish into the bottom corner, but sadly robbed of his first goal at in the Premier League at Villa Park. Possibly even he, I think it might have been his first goal at Villa Park. Yeah, he was. He's just. A, I said it. I think I've said it the last few weeks. He's just a, a cut above recently. Since he's joined, he's just hit the ground running straight away. And Pag Torres, was, I thought, I know he got almost skinned for their goal, but in terms of his passing and stuff and movement forward, he was, I thought he was different class as well. I think they're both, I mean, obviously Pag Torres had a, a struggle in recent weeks, but I mean, I thought at, in terms of what he's good at, he showed that off yesterday. Yeah, 100%. And like I say, we'll, we'll come on. To, there's a few talking points with certain players. Um, we'll certainly come on to Torres in a little while um, and one or two others. But yeah, I guess, Sam, I mean, it wouldn't have been, as Kev alluded to there, it wouldn't have been shocking for us to be up, you know, two or three at half time. And, you know, as transpired at the start of the second half, again, we'll, we'll talk in a second, but yeah, you, you you must. We're thinking we haven't put these chances away. There's a there's a, there's an opportunity for the opposition here. Yeah, I think maybe in in our WhatsApp group, someone was it you or George? Someone was like, "Oh, this is a one nil smashing grab." <laughs> was that you, Max? No, it was, it was Rich. Rich, yeah, Rich, yeah. You were doubting from the first half, so I don't want to hear any of this. Oh, I was always optimistic. Oh, it's none of that. Um, I certainly wasn't. I know I wasn't. <laughs> No, but I think I think we were. Um, if I'm being honest, even though we, like Kev said, we we created loads of good chances, and we'll get on later, I'm sure, to to why we're not maybe converting as many as we should. But I don't really think we ever got out of maybe like second or third gear. I think we still had like a few paces to go up, and and I think even Unai Emery said after the game, technically we weren't we weren't where we need to be. We won that game with heart as opposed to. Um, as opposed to to our minds, so um, yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, it, it, it's one of them. We we played well enough against a team like like Palace um, to to maybe have a goal or two or even three in the first half, um, and we're we're lucky that we were playing against an opponent who kind of ultimately let us get away with that. But yeah, I think I think there's just so much to excite the Villa fans in that in that team and there's just so many different areas we're like hold on a second he's pretty good oh he's he's better than I thought he was he's doing this differently he's like it's just just so much to be excited about and it's just it's one of those games where it's it's it it sums up being a Villa fan absolute torture for the majority of the game (laughs) and then elation at the end of it there's no smooth ride there's no three nil up at half time close to a finish it's uh it was a it was a Villa win through and through yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, that, let's get into that second half where we we did make it hard for ourselves, Kev. And we talked. I talked in the bite size preview. I think we mentioned one or two of their kind of danger men um, in the in the full match preview. 
Odson Edwards been on good form at the, since the start of the season. I think uh, three goals previous to Saturday in the first four games uh, or four or five games. I might have had a, Ca a Carabao Cup game. And um, yeah, uh, Power Torres gets outstrength by Mateta, um, but puts the ball across. Emi Martinez slips and Edwards on, on hand to knock it in for after 47 minutes. And we're, we're thinking, here we go. Well, I um, I don't think Torres, I, I don't know how, how much I think he was up for, for that. I mean, obviously, Mateta's an absolute beast. And, you know, and it was kind of like, you know, 50-50 a little bit. And he just, you know, maybe he's slightly faster. Can happen. Probably should have been a bit more cover. Um, I also don't think Martinez slipped made much of a difference because I still think Edward would have got there first. I mean, Martinez yeah. might have been a bit closer. But you'd back, you'd back him to like to nick it past him probably in that situation. But... It was, I mean, it was George who said it. It, it was, it had one nil Palace written all over it. And you know what it reminded me of as well, particularly in that second half when they started to go down, like with injuries, you know, like, you know, clutching their heads when they hurt their knee, clutching the back when they hurt the, the balls, whatever, something's going on, you know, just time wasted. It reminded me of that Watford game a couple of seasons back when we lost one nil at home. And it was like there were players were like rolling off the pitch, rolling on the pitch, rolling off the pitch. And I just thought, this has got a, a lack of quality in our team. And, and some shit-outsery in their team Look, coming together for a 1-0 home defeat to some team we should be beating. Um, so, yeah, at that point, I thought it's all over. And when we got to 87, 86 and 86 minutes, obviously, you know, I was thinking, this is going to be rubbish today. What a rubbish day. And then I was thinking, here's one. I was thinking, right, well, that's it now. You know, we beat a couple of teams we should have beat. But do you know what? Bad performance against Liverpool. Should have been six or seven. Newcastle could have been eight or nine, whatever. <laughs> oh my God, we've lost it over to Palace. Watkins has lost his lines. Tiedemann looks like he can't be bothered. Kamara's dropping. Like, uh, well, it looked like he's dropping. We didn't celebrate for the goal. I'm thinking, oh my God, Emery's out the door. <laughs> it's, all, it's all gone to shit. This is terrible. And luckily, Mr. Mr. Durant saw the out for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Max, I'll come to you in a minute. Because I, I I know you were Mr. Positive, but Sam, just everything that's that um Kev Hold says on, there. What, you... Am I Mr. Negative? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Everything that um Kev said there, that roller coaster of emotions, you you again kind of mentioned it before in your first point uh, earlier. It, it, it's true though, isn't it? Like you go through that full roller coaster emotions. It goes, you know, you miss chance in the first half. You said we can, haven't really got a second or third gear where we're still controlling the game. They then score with their first proper chance of the game, and then you then you're thinking, well, look, we we've they're sitting back. We've got to try and break them down, and we're not that great at doing it. We haven't really come from behind before, and all these come all these thoughts go through your mind, don't they? And it's it's just that roller coaster of of emotion that you go through in, in a ninety minute or hundred and five minute football match. Yeah, for sure, and I think. Um... It's uh, it's it's one of them, and and one of the things I will say is, regardless who you're playing in the Premier League, when you miss clear cut chances, you always wonder if they're going to come back to bite you on the ass. Um, and you know, more often than not, in the in the Premier League, that's what happens. And we should have buried a few more, and this kind of clinical, uh, clinical nature that we need up front. I mean, if we're if we're banking on Matty Cash to to score every opportunity that comes his way and you know that those are those are sort of like our best hopes for a for a goal then obviously that's that's going to be an issue but I think it, it was a roller coaster but it was kind of one that we we built ourselves um as uh 
you know, as just as in the way that we played. And I think, like I said, it's a roller coaster because maybe previously you wouldn't expect anything anyway, or you'd go into a game expecting that Villa were going to lose. And I think it's this we we caught something really contagious last year called hope and uh it's and it's it's one of them where where we uh, and and even worse than hope is expectation and that's what we had you know you go in against palace at home and you think we have to be battering them and i think that expectation elevates the anxiety slightly so you go in there and as soon as things aren't clicking you're like hold on a second we have to win this and why do we have to win it because we're looking at the top of the table we don't want to fall too far behind too early and it's it's all that the reason that there's a, a roller coaster of emotions is because of the expectation and and the, the pressure that we we put on the team to win these types of games so um yeah no it was stressful um i personally I kind of was thinking about the whole time the, the game was going about your comments recently about us not maybe or lacking character when we go behind, struggling when we go behind. But I think our record at Villa Park, what is that now? Nine, ten, ten, ten out of ten in a row. Ten home, ten home wins in a row. Nine yeah, in, in the prem. competitions. Nine in yeah, the prem. Yeah, nine in the prem. I think whilst we're, if that was at Selhurst Park, I'm not. I've got no expectation because away from home we still need to find our feet. But at home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never over till it's over, and I think uh, I was a bit more hopeful when we uh, when we actually brought a striker on, and you know, that, I thought that was that was pretty useful. <laughs> <laughs> little digs there. No, no. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> move, move short coming later. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little palate a little cleanser. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do need to shout out, lads. Uh, Stephen Van Leer, who has become an official Villa Park Pod follower by joining as a member. Fantastic, Stephen. Thank you so much, mate. It's much, much appreciated. Great to have you on board. Um, We do have membership, like uh, as Stephen said, we've got, it's only $1.99 a month um, to become an official Villa Park Pod follower. And we have um, members-only polls. We have um, members-only competitions as well. Um, so, yeah, and obviously you're going to help support the channel. All our content is free, but if you just want to give us that extra little bit of support, then please do become a member. Um, but, Max, yeah, onto onto that kind of, you know, after going 1-0 down um, in our in our Villa Park Pod WhatsApp group, um, Sam, I think, was, was, was uh, slightly more positive, but you um, kept the faith and you were telling us, in, like, Mostly me, who was like, ah, we're done. We never come from behind. Game over. It's all over. It's all done. You kept the faith, mate. So well done. Um, where is this newfound faith coming from? I have no idea. I have, I have <laughs> no idea where it came from. It was, I guess even my dad was saying, why are you so positive? Because usually I'm the least, I, the worst. But I don't know. I just thought the first half wasn't, I thought the first half was good. I think. I, I always I was saying to my dad, I was like, if we get one, I think we could get we'll we'll get three, we'll get four. So that's, I think I just clung on to that and more hope. I think because I don't think they were very good at all. I think they were pretty awful. Like you said about the Watford game, I thought they were clinging on to everything. Sam Johnson sitting on the floor, rubbing his calves for six minutes for some reason at the end, which is when we scored. So came back to bite him anyway. But I just thought, I mean. I didn't think much about Tillemans, but other than that, I think I thought everyone was decent. Uh, and I don't, I, I, say, I don't know why I was positive, but I mean, it's worked. So I'll, ta- I'll take it for once. Maybe I have to carry on doing it from now on. 
Good man. Well, look, you 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 kept you kept us um you know us maybe feeling that little bit of positivity. So yeah, more the merrier. Um, keep keep it up. But um, let's get into it then. Let's get onto the the you know we we missed a, a fair few chances. I thought we huffed and puffed a little bit once they kind of scored. Um, I know we hit the post. I know there was uh and it bounced. There's bouncing off um uh, Johnston's head. There was a couple of other crosses across the box. But as Lee sums it up here, a moment of magic from Duran saved our blushes. And Duncan says, goals change games and Duran scores bangers. Um, Kev, and what an absolute banger it was. Wow. I mean, what a goal. Uh, out of nothing, really. Uh, another assist for Luca Dina. You know, um, I'd like to see him do a bit more against some of the big teams. You know, he's a big time flat track bully, Dina, but he's got great quality and that left foot puts it in. I mean, it's chest down, absolute confidence. And then, I mean, he's taken the body so early. It's only, it's only just bounced, basically. He's absolutely lashed it in. Um, I, um, I've i described him as a competition winner a few times lately. Um, well, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I was actually, I was actually going to pull you up. I'm glad, I'm glad you've said that because, yeah, yeah, you did well, say that the other week. I feel like we've won the competition now. Now, now you put that performance in. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're the competition winners because, look, it, as I said before, it reminds me, reminds, it reminds me of me seven aside. Like, Why are you shooting from there, you idiot? Like, no chance. Um, and I always thought, is he just a bit raw? I think this, this performance from me, albeit it's only like a you know another cameo. Um, same, Sam, you might want to cover your ears now, mate, but I can understand why we got rid of Archer and, and kept with Duran as the second choice because he's physical, you know, he's obviously strong. He's got just a bit of magic out of nowhere. Um, great finish against Hibbs, obviously that goal. He nearly scored an unbelievable goal last season, didn't he, when he made his Man City. City. Smashed Man City. Up but, the, but he changed the game when he came on. And, um, and yeah, if he can just get a bit more consistency... Um, this is the first time I've seen him and I thought, wow, he could actually be a weapon weapon in this team. I've got a lot more confidence after after that performance because, I mean, Palace didn't know what to do with him. I mean, he was lunging. I mean, he, it's at one point when he, like, leaped into the air to kind of kick the ball, but makes it away from them. Like, his athleticism is unbelievable. He's clearly a good character. That's when I see him in a pre, pre-match. He always, like, does a bit of warm-up with the mascots, you know, and, like, has a little game with them. And not everyone does that, really. Um, he obviously had his banter in the Hibs game when he kind of went to pick the player up and then, like, dissed him. Um, and I do think someone put it in the comments, but I think he's going to become a bit of a court hero. Um, and um, and also, Sam, you might want to uncover your ears now if you can hear what I'm saying. Um, I think if he keeps that up, he might actually be a real option to, to start games if Watkins doesn't get his form back. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't disagree, and I think he's got that. I think what he brings, uh, certainly off the bench at the moment, is that just that little bit of chaos and that little bit of unpredictability. Um, and it allows us to maybe put balls into the box, put balls in behind. Um, and, you know, like football hasn't really changed as, as such, you know, in the last 30, 40, 50 years. You know, if you put a big, good, big, big one up front, he's going to cause damage. You're going to be able to win second balls. You're going to be able to, um, you know, get get up the pitch and cause problems. And, and, and especially if he's got good technique as well, which he seems to have. Um, then, um, then yeah, he's good. He's going to be effective. Um, Deontay says, "Happy Sunday, everyone!" It will be hard to top Duran's goal this season in terms of skill and technique. My favourite Villa goal. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Sam, to, just ca- carrying on on, on Duran. What, what what are your thoughts on on that in terms of you know his effectiveness and and what he can maybe bring to to the team? 
yeah, I think I think he's uh you know, I know you said cover your ears about Cameron Archer, but um I I, I kinda get it. Um he's something different to the option that we have. Um I uh I don't obviously we had none of us had seen a lot from him before the start of the season, but he's got two Premier League goals in what, forty-five minutes of playing football. Um yeah. he's he's scored a goal in Europe already. He's um I think just before his goal, he actually had another volley uh, that was well saved by Sam Johnston. Um, and uh, he just, do you know what he, do you know what it is, Rich? Do you know what it is that I see from Durant that I kind of, I see missing from us up front, apart from the ability to score a goal. Is, uh, <laughs> There's the it, other one. It's uh, <laughs> a little in moose for everyone. Go on, I'm drip feeding you. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's his hunger. He seems really hungry, really cute. almost like a wolf. Hungry like the wolf, yes, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, I'm sure that's a Duran Duran reference, but I'm not old enough to uh, to, to know them. But, um, you definitely are, Sam. <laughs> um, no, do you know what it is? It's like he's just he's always going towards the ball, and he's like, you know, he's trying to get away from defenders as opposed to just kind of like hovering near them and hoping the ball comes to him he, he he's just really hungry to prove himself and he's got that you know maybe he, he lacks that arrogance to think oh you know what i'm the, i've got goals before the goals will come to me and i'll find them and it will turn on he's like if i want something doing i've got to make it happen um so yeah i'm, I'm a big fan and you can't argue with what he's done with such such little playing time this season so um i, I mean i don't know if you boys remember in the in the WhatsApp group after the game, I started hashtagging Start Duran, and I'm here mm-hmm. for it. And, mm-hmm. I, and and I I will go into I'm sure we'll go into uh, Ollie Watkins later. But um, uh, being it, in all seriousness, I don't see why not. Why why wouldn't you take a player who's in form and start them over a player who's out of form? Yeah, yeah, you make a very valid point. I know I'm um, saying ridiculous things, but no, 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 not at all, not <laughs> at all. It's about competition, isn't it? Um. But I think Sam uh, makes a great point, Max, that the moment Duran, he, he's got that humility, he's got that hunger, and it seems to be like he's one of those players that we've all seen him in Sunday League or semi-pro or whatever, where the, the manager can say, right, you've got 15 minutes, go and change the game, son, go and win the game for us. And he'll just go on and be like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, whatever, whatever. And he just seems to be that kind of like, I don't know, Tasmanian devil sort of thing. He's just going to go on and just, cause absolute madness yeah i mean just yeah he's different to watkins he's big he's tall he's physical he's quick just i mean i just don't want to get too carried away because with as we said like me and kev last week calling him a competition winner now this week he's, <laughs> he's, he's a the he's a world beater yeah. he's, he's a ballon d'or ballon d'or yeah. um <laughs> He's nominee. Goals. He's someone just said he looks like Daly and Atkinson. Yeah, he's going to be, be Benteke version two. I'm just like, just need to keep. He's 19. He scored scored a really good goal. I won't take that away, but just uh, maybe a step further back than what well, I just. I still don't see him starting many games. I mean, he might get a start. Maybe I mean to be fair, saying that Chelsea away next week could be an ideal option, just to get just getting people's faces from the start and then maybe have Watkins come on to let, well, I don't know, but I think he, he was good when he came on. As I said. Out the oranges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just a little bit more in there. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to get too carried away because, as you say, always seems to happen. As soon as we win a game, someone plays well, they're the best player in the world. Get carried so. away, Max. Get carried away, mate. Come get on, get carried really. away. He's gonna be he's gonna be a villa hero. Um Gary says they're villa two villa heroes in the making with Zaniola and Duran, hopefully. Um there's, there's uh, yeah, as I said, Dunk said Duran reminds him of Dalian. Um uh, we've got loads of comments. I will go through because there's lots about certain players. Um, Heralio says, my magic eight ball says Duran's going to be, be a beast. Looking forward to it. Um, well, look, we hope we all hope so. Um, so yeah, I've, I've starred quite a few of the comments. So we'll, uh, we'll get onto that. Uh, Steven in terms of um, his membership said Richard, Richie's third score prediction win for me deserves a subscription. Thanks. So yeah, I did. I did get, uh, I did say three, one. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about the the, the last couple of uh, couple of goals. Obviously, to seal the victory, um, we we got a penalty. Uh, Watkins won the penalty. Great ball from Tielemans and uh, and Douglas Louise uh, with supreme confidence slots it home. Kev four goals in a row in uh, four home goals in a row in the Premier League. First player since Gareth Barry, I think, uh, since two thousand and six. I believe. Uh, I don't know if that's like midfielders or, or like first midfielder or something, but there's some sort of record that Louise broke. But I mean, he's he's almost becoming like a real leader in the team, isn't he, at the moment? And um, I'm all for it at the minute. Yeah, I think um, it was for the players that obviously played a whole game, other than obviously the cameo sub of Durant, um, I think he's the best player again. And I, I, I've said it for a bit of time now, you know, I've got a lot of time for a lot of our players, but I think Louise is an absolute class act. And you can see even like the way he celebrates and the way he kind of, you know, the way he just carries himself on the pitch. Those errors he was making back in the day, I've just, but I can't remember the last time he made a mistake, Louise. Um, just quality. And I had absolute confidence he'd score the penalty once, you know, once the uh, the 433 hour review was done, um, you know, <laughs> and we finally got confirmed it was a penalty. <coughs> Alan was hit the screen for crazy. It's supposed to be clear and obvious. If you're there for four minutes, it's not clear and obvious, is it? You're not to, Anyway, we won't go into that. We, we got given the penalty. Um, and I had no doubt he was going to score. No doubt. I mean, Sam, you know, when Watkins is going up there, we're not sure what's happening. So at least that's one thing we're a bit more reassured about. Um, great penalty, Calm. He always seems to put it in the left as well. You think they you think that having the little water bottles dive to your right, but seems seems to do the trick. And uh, and yeah, like deep into injury time, and we've uh, we've turned the game around. Yeah, yeah, and um Talk about that, Sam. In terms of the the um, referee going across to the the screen, I mean, usually when a referee goes to the screen, it means he's going to change his mind. Um, but I guess credit to Darren England for sticking to his guns and almost utilising what we we think we think that, or I certainly do think VAR should be used for. Like where a VAR will say, "I think you should go and have a look at it," blah blah blah, and then the ref goes, "Actually, no, I'm going to stick to my decision." Not letting VAR referee the game for the ref. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably caveat what I'm going to say next with, if I'm being honest, I don't think it was a penalty. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just being honest. I've watched it back like a million times. I think he gets the ball, then he gets Watkins, and he gets more of the ball. I think I think it was actually it was a really good, fair challenge. And we, you know, I, th- maybe, I, yeah, I take your point. I think we would have been really pissed off. We'd have, been, yeah, if that had yeah. gone against us, we'd have been livid. And I think... Um, yeah, I think it was one of them things. That I don't think it was a dive. I just think it was a, he got tackled. And um, but when he went to the screen, I was like, oh, here we go. He's gonna he's gonna change his mind because that's what they always do. And then whilst they were showing the replay, 
I thought, well, he's going to change his mind because it's not a penalty. <laughs> and to my surprise, he, he, he said it was. And he came back and he gave us that opportunity. And like Kev said, now we have, uh, uh, you know, we have to wait five, six minutes. That's a lot of pressure for the penalty taker. And obviously, you know, Dougie knows that it's, you know, he knows he's taking that penalty. If it comes, if it comes his way, he has to wait five, six minutes for that to come. And he's cool as you like. Um, and it's nice to, to finally have an assured penalty taker. And it was, it was a brilliant penalty. I think even if the keeper had gone to the keeper's right or players left, I'm not sure he would have saved it because it's, um, it's a brilliant, brilliant strike. So yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it, it was one of them. We don't get a lot of luck if I'm being honest, um, not many things go our way. So it was just our time and we'll, we'll take it gladly with both hands and, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's round it off then. So Max, the icing on the cake um, in the 115th minute or something like that. Um, as you said, Kev before was, um, was all Crystal Palace is doing and obviously then going to the screen and all that with the, with the penalty. So it was validated in terms of the amount of time, but Icing on the cake, win was sealed. Richard Sutherland's match prediction, score prediction was set up to be correct um, when Tielemans released um, Musa Diaby down the left-hand side, uh, ball crossed in, um, and Bailey, control, nice control and a, and a nice finish to, to seal the victory. Yeah, I mean, just Diaby again, just perf- perfect. I mean, I will won't, will say... I think most Villa fans will agree. I'd imagine. I was certain Bailey had screwed himself over taking a touch. I thought he took that touch inside and it just looked like he was going. Someone was going to get back and it would be cleared or something like that. He just, I mean, can't take it away from me. He just loved, he just loves scoring at Villa Park. What can he say? But I've, yeah, I think the, everything about it was perfect. The ball, the ball to Diaby, the cross was perfect, and then he's just got to put it away. So I think it was, and it was ideal as well because no, I mean. As you were saying about the hope it gets you, it's be the most villa thing ever for that game to finish two-two, with them scoring a corner or something in the ninety-plus, what, what was it, twelve or something stupid. So, I mean, couldn't ask for really. I mean, it was just the ideal thing to do after we scored the second the second goal. So, I mean, it was crazy in Villa Park. I don't I haven't seen anything like that for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um... Any any kind of final thoughts, Kev? I'll go through loads of comments in a second and then we'll talk about individual performances and, and little little things around the general points of the game. But any other anything else to kind of round off um, brilliant comeback, it's gotta be said. Well, none of us thought it was gonna happen when we went one nil down. We know the stats on Villa um coming from behind. Um I don't know when the last time was before the last time of November twenty-two against Brighton. Um when obviously Ings scored a couple to get an away win. Um and let's be clear, right? We've gone ahead in a lot of games since then, because obviously since Emery's been in charge. So you know we've got to that that stat needs to be caveated. It's not like we're going to going to behind every week. Um, but I just want to talk about the character of the team. I think you know it does say a lot. And Emery's right; it was probably was a bit more heart than head. But we'll lump it in, you know, and and see what happens. But um, you know, i.e., you know, you've, you've just got to be a bit physical. And Durant did that perfectly. But um, I think that will do a huge amount for the team because. Fairly comfortable wins. It should have been a more comfortable win this with the chances in the first half. But Palace, Palace and Mugs have got some good players. Obviously, they, let's be clear as well. They were missing Mark Gay. They were missing Lerma, two of their best players. Um, they've um, obviously got their talisman over the years. Zaha not there, so they're trying to rebuild after that. 
I thought Eze was the best player on the pitch. I thought he was brilliant. I thought his touch, what he did, created stuff. I think I would absolutely love him at Villa Park, but um, I'm sure a lot of other teams uh, better than us would as well. Uh, so actually, for what it will do for the for the team, you know, you can set up team spirit the way they were, um, you know, the way they were kind of bonding, the celebrations. You just hope that really starts starts to build and look, you know, nine Premier League home wins in a row, ten in all competitions. Um, you know, that's a great record now, and we, it really has become. You know, I don't know how I feel about the word fortress, but you know, it really has become, as they say, a fortress at Villa Park, isn't it? And that's something we are just not used to as a club. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and. Uh... Yeah, I think we need to get like used to that, and it was quietly. It's quietly become that. Like, there's not many pundits that say you know teams aren't going to get a good get a, a result at Villa Park. There's no one saying that. You know, there's other grounds where people say, oh, you know, no one's going to win there or whatever. But no one's really said it about Villa Park, and you know, nine nine home wins in a row in the Premier League. Different types of teams as well. You know, we beat the like Spurs, we beat Brighton, um, obviously Palace. Um, so it's not as if we've just flat track bullied it. We've beaten some some pretty good teams. So, yeah, long may it continue. Uh, absolutely. Um, Gary we said, we're better than these teams, but it was a struggle, to be fair. Um, uh, Michael's in the house. Good evening, Michael. Uh, Dunk said, I've been a Villa fan since 1980. Yep, never an easy time. Um, Gary says, all that nonsense with the delayed penalty decision, it was a 100% penalty. Um uh, was DRB offside? Yeah, I think he was. It was his knee, maybe that was offside. Um, How can your knee be offside? How can your knee be offside? I, I know exactly. I know. It, it, I know. It means I know. It's the head of the defender. Yeah, yeah. Letter of the law. Letter of the law. <laughs> where's, uh, the advantage, where's the advantage for the attacker? Sorry, sorry. Like <laughs> they draw this is the Kev rant. This is the Kev rant. <laughs> you obviously saw Paul Hackingbottom going for it, right? You know. You know. Oh God! Oh my! Do you know what? His mouth was to be so dry from all that salt. Bloody hell! <laughs> He, I know. Was, he had such a bad time. But I do it. think he makes a point. If Spurs are doing something, then he has to rechange what he's doing. They go and kick it long. Oh, no. no. What, yeah. you going to take 30 seconds for each goal kick when you're I mean, one maybe, of the yeah. it's, it's nonsense. Well, his point was around how basically they're, they're messing it all up, aren't they? And I just think like all these VAR decisions of what's going on, I think it just have daylight. You know, where's the advantage yeah. for the attacker? I, just I, don't, I, I don't like the uh, I don't like the uh, yellow cards for the time wasting. Like I actually hate time wasting, even when Emmy Martinez did it last season, or if it's a Villa player, or when Ashley Young used to do it. I've always hated it. So I'm like, I pay good money to watch football, not to watch people sit down and and roll around on the floor trying to. Don't you're wasting my time, not everyone else's time. And so I'm all for it, but just add the time on at the end. I don't like these yellow cards for every little bit of time wasting. It's just, it's, I think it's a bit silly, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we've got over 90 people watching, which is phenomenal at 10 past 10 at night. Please do make sure you hit that like button. Um, as I said before, at the top of the channel, like John Duran, uh, smash that shot in uh, the other the, the other day. So, yeah, 91 people watching is fantastic. So thank you for all your support. Do hit that subscribe button. Uh, and as I say, hit that like button. We're 20 away from 2,400 subscribers. So uh, phenomenal uh, support to the channel. Um, as Gary has said, you cannot be 100% positive as a Villa fan, just not possible. Um, Michael said it was a fantastic result yesterday. Not digging anyone out, but we need to be bastards in front of goal. Michael. Michael. Language. So more Michael's so mild mannered. Michael's yeah. enough. <laughs> um, Gary said, we are, we are where we will probably finish seventh and the cup win will be perfect. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, uh, T1 is in the house. Uh, hey, everyone, it's been a while. Hope you're doing well. Great to have you in the house, T1. Uh, amazing stuff. Uh, uh Durant is our Colombian Dare Hammer. 
Um, and I'll start that one from Duncan as well. Steven says, um, Archer, who <laughs> looks like Emery knew more than us again. Oh, um, well, look, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. John says, Duran is currently a raw version of Benteke. He's also intelligent enough to be an absolute nuisance in the 18-yard box. Um, and Michael said, I love Duran. He really has something special about him. Uh, T1 said, I'm great. Loving on the Villa more by the minute. Brilliant. Um, Dunk says, Duran, a future talent. Weston said, love Duran interaction with the crowd as well. Always getting everyone going in the stands. Love him living the dream. Absolutely. Um, and Adamski said he reminds him of Benteke. Um, Gary said he's not a starter yet as his fitness is still not yet there. Um, so Watkins will keep starting, unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, Sam's yeah. <laughs> Sam is back, says Nigel. And great to have you in the house as well, Nigel. Uh, Rachel said that Duran just, just takes a chance. It's that youthful exuberance. It's a balance of tempering, but keeping it going. Can I say um, something about Duran very quickly as well? This is a bit crass as well, so I hope there's no kids watching it. Duran's got big balls, but not because of his goal. Have you, someone needs to get him some biking shorts or something, because when he slid on the ground, his shorts came up. And I'm telling you, honestly, <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it, was, it was some like, I don't know if like the, the scrunchie that he had that was keeping everything together, like fell apart or whatever. But that was that was not appropriate for children. <laughs> kids, in, kids in the front. At the bottom, Embar like, oh, embarrassing every dad, in every every bloke in the crowd, basically. <laughs> oh, honestly, guys were like, Jesus. Rich, they, weren't even, Rich, they weren't even clapping for the goal. They were just. <laughs> Richard, Richard, we've just lost five viewers. In literally, the I know, of I know, yeah. I know. Sam, yeah, you're banned. Well. You're banned. Turning this mug off right <laughs> yeah. now. Bit of blue foot, dads. Bit of blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary said we've we've done the Duran Duran back catalogue. Yeah, we have. We have. Uh, I think Sam's just added another spice to it, though, to be fair. Um, Saints of Selhurst said, got to say, as a Palace fan, Duran's goal was a beauty to watch. Much love from all of us at the Eagle-Eyed Football Crew. Uh, cheers, boys. And, uh, yeah, as Kev said, as a fantastic player, and uh, I'm sure you guys will, will, will be fine this season in terms of winning games and and and, um, and causing teams problems. Um Dean Averis in the house says nothing to lose by playing Duran. People forget that Tammy was pretty much back in the door before he got injured, so Emery was going to replace him. Um, Gary seems to say, we seem to be okay until we play someone with a plan. Uh, I'll come to that in a second. Um, Saint of Selhurst also said, I reckon you guys have a very good chance against Chelsea. Cannot wait to see the Villa in the Conference League. Um uh, really random reviews is in the house. Uh, great to have you in, mate. Uh, Dunk said, Louise, the new penalty king. Um, <laughs> Saint itself doesn't want to talk about the pen decision. Look, Sam was agreeing with you there. Um, really uh, random says, I'm buzzing Villa, come back, correct score prediction, and I hit 1,000 subs today. So amazing week for me. Brilliant, mate. Well done on the subs. That's fantastic. And if anyone um, uh, can subscribe to you from our channel, that would be great. So, yeah, subscribe to Really Random Reviews. Um, oh, Darren England has an agenda versus Palace seven times. He has screwed Palace. Oh, dear. Um, I agree with me. Uh, says Really Random. So glad the ref stuck to it. Must be one of the only examples. Um, Rachel said it was very pre-VAR, stuck with the ref's decision, rightly or wrongly. Um, so yeah, some, some really interesting comments. So 
just in terms of some of the the kind of more general points, I think for me the first the first one I wanted to kind of cover was the fact that um, obviously we came back from from being a goal down, which is great. Kinds of answers that kind of character more so for the players that they know that they can do it. Um, but I really think that part of it was because, or the the, the most of it was as. Um, as John says, the difference is that we now have a manager who can turn things around. The subs were spot on. Look at Duran for Bailey's goal. He pulled back and created space for, for Bailey. But the, the general point, Sam, is that the substitutions and the fact that he's making the substitutions. So one, he's got the depth on the bench. He's got different options. And two, he's prepared to make them, um, which is different to kind of previous managers that we've had that have kind of been like paint, paint by numbers substitutions. And it's really the, the subs that are key in the games where you need to get something out of it. And and this is kind of hopefully a sign of things to come. Yeah, I think it's two things, a few things for me. Firstly is the, the timing of the substitutions. I think as soon as Douglas Louise's penalty goes in, Unai Emery, he shakes his hand for one second and he turns around, tells them Donker to get on immediately. He knows what he's going to do should that penalty be, a penalty be scored. And he's, you know, he's analysing the game. It's tactics. He's playing he's playing chess, not checkers. And, and he knows what he's doing. Um, the other thing is obviously the depth. We've spoken about it before. Um, we're still lacking in, in some areas. I know we've still got two keepers on the bench and more games and not. But in general, we've got we've got some really, really good talent on that bench. And, and, and I think the final thing that I would say is is there's there's competition now, which is it can only force everyone to raise their raise their levels. Like play, players can do one of two things when they're in when they're in a squad with a lot of quality, they can either kick up a fuss and say, "I want to leave, I want to go somewhere, I'm going to play football, I can't be sitting on the bench." Well, they're going to raise their levels and fight for their place, right? So mm. at the moment, the the ones with the best character are going to raise their levels. They're going to fight for their place, and even you know, Kev, you may want to cover your ears, but even since the start of the season, Bailey, I, I think whenever he's come on, bar the games where we got battered and everyone was shit, I, I think Bailey's, you know, he, he's done good stuff. He seems to be playing with a bit of flair. I think he knows now that it's not just, a, oh, I'll, I'll go on the bench for a bit, but I know no one's really good enough to take my place, so I know I'll be back in a couple of games. He, he knows he has to perform, and, and you know, you've got a player like Moussa Diaby, who, for me, was it's just fantastic, man. He's so good. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I just I just think that there's so much that there's so much quality in the team. Everyone's raising their levels, and and that's how you win games like this with subs. Yeah, anything from you boys, Max, Kev, about the the kind of impact and the and and the the sort of substitutions or character that that is kind of generating for Villa to kind of come back from from sort of adversity, so to speak. Well, to, well, we were able to almost go for it pretty much all out attack with the team still staying as it was kind of thing with Tillemans coming on for Kamara. He was more offensive, but at the same time, if they were going forward, he was still adept. And then Bailey for McGinn, that also just meant we could go forward more smoothly, I felt, because McGinn was kind of doing his usual, just like he was kind of everywhere as he always is. But then as soon as Bailey came on, you almost had to fought like you had to, four up front and that just made different things possible. I think it was, I mean, I didn't, as I said, I don't think Tillemans was particularly great considering all his moaning, but I mean, he's got the assist for the penalty, so can't complain too much. There's also a comment from someone that says, is Sam small or is he really far away? Just made me laugh. 
<laughs> I'm I'm far away because I'm, I'm not on a laptop. I'm on a I'm on I a just computer. Like, I just like the idea that you're really sm- that small. I don't know. You 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 might you might be a giant a giant Gary. I'm 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 five ten, so I don't know if that's small nowadays. But I'm uh, I don't think so. I'm actually I'm pretty big around the middle as well. So. <laughs> um, actually, Kevin, I wanted to ask you a question. Just, just regarding that, in terms of, I know a few people have mentioned Kamara. Uh, maybe wasn't. I don't know whether he was his most effective, but whether he and also when he was on the bench, you know, whatever. Maybe wasn't jumping up celebrating. McGinn was taken off as well. Um, but is it the fact that now we've got these players, we've got effective players to come off the bench that? You know, it's more of a squad situation, and one like as supporters, we're going to have to get used to, you know, maybe our favourite, so to speak, not necessarily starting, but also like just be patient in a game. And you know, we've lost games in the 90th minute, and we've shown that we can win games now off the back of that. We're going to have to get used to this kind of like substitutions having real impacts. I think it's exactly that. We've never, as Villa fans, thought of it as being really a squad game. Going back to your previous point. You know the um, the paint by number substitutions. Well, when you've basically got not great options on the bench, you know, is it going to be a, is it going to be Trezeguet or Traore, or is it going to be El Ghazi or Traore? Like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, you're not, you know, oh, let's bring Bjorn Engels on. That'll change the game. Um, like, you're not going to do a fat lot. Now we've got real quality we can bring on, um, effective players, and and actually this season, Kamara, I don't think has been at his best. Um, I think McGinn's been quiet in the in the two away defeats. I think he's been really quiet, and I don't think he was particularly great at the weekend either. Normally, he's best player usually on the pitch alongside, like you know, a Louise maybe or you know, DRB this season. But I thought he was quiet. But it just goes to show when you have key players. I mean, Ming is what a key player is for us. McGinn wasn't particularly great. Watkins' form's terrible, and yet we still got a three-one win. Um, so yeah, and look, all the subs contributed. You know, um, Duran obviously got the goal. I mean, Sam said it as well. He had a really good shot actually before that Johnson saved, uh, like a half volley. Um, Tiedemans, I thought, looked really off it. And then what a great pass through. To be fair to Watkins, he did take take the pass into himself pretty well, turned, you know, kind of got it out of his feet. And then obviously there was the decision. And let's come on to it, Sam. Um, I had my ears uncovered for that bit, mate, because I've got to say for the first time, get ready for this, right? Because um, there's going to be some surprise people out there. I thought Bailey was really good on, on Saturday. And it's the first time I've watched him and I've thought... Clip that, Max. Clip that, Max. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought to myself, like, I, I lovely little, like, run against some people. And he didn't look like he fluked it, like he dragged it one way, nicked it, nicked it past the other side. And I thought he looked composed for his finish. He controlled it. I thought it was the right thing to do, you know, because he had the time to do it. Um, and I just thought he looked decent. And I thought he looked like the kind of player he could be. Maybe his position is to be an impact sub. Maybe that's, maybe that's, that's where he'll be better at because... Um, you know, maybe when you're going for a game and you're not going to be defensive because defensively you get relaxed. But um, yeah, I was actually like <laughs> really imp- at the end of the game. I remember thinking to myself, "Am, am I bi- am I bipolar? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I think I think he likes playing with Diaby. I think he's got. Yeah, that, I was just that, exactly going to say that he's got an existing relationship with him. He's he's played with him before. You could see it for his goal. You know, Diaby's on that left side. And he knows where Bailey's going to be. Bailey knows he can expect the ball from him. Do you know what I mean? He knows Diaby's not going to cut back and then play it back and it's going to go around the houses. He knows that, that, that Diaby's going to find him. And I think it's just, he's got a mate there. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes that, that helps. Um, but I think he, uh, I agree. I was with you last season as well, Kev. Maybe not as vehemently as you, but I, I, I thought Bailey wasn't good enough at times. And um, and now, yeah, he's he's... I think he doesn't need to be an impact sub. I think he can 
through that rotation, there are going to be games that suit him better, and there's going to be games that aren't going to suit him. And I think he can be a real asset to to, to the to the squad, which we'll need. We yeah. need him. Yeah, and also also listen to this. Like credit credit to him, he's top scorer this season. He's got four goals in all comps. Ali Ali John um, Matty Douglas have got three. Um, but Bailey stats as well, 86% shot, shot accuracy, which is the best out of everyone. Um, goal conversion, he's got the best as well. He's had seven shots, he scored six goals, uh, 87 minutes per goal, only better by Duran with 46 minutes per goal. So, um, I mean, impressive stats. And if he can just, again, get a bit more consistency then, you know, Zian, Zaniolo is obviously competing, that, competing for that position as well. Um, yeah. It's it, it's it, it was really good to see. It, what surprised me was players that are you know. Let's be clear. I've absolutely slated Bailey in recent in recent times, and for good reason. No, never. Well, <laughs> I've called Duran a competition winner, um, and, <laughs> and like they were like key to us winning the match. So yeah, um, apologies, lads, if you're watching. Apologies, Craig Butler, if you're watching. Yeah, um, your boy is possibly the best player in the world. Oh, we do have Craig Butler and apology um, we? Jesus, yeah. we're giving Oh, bloody hell! Yeah, we, we we need a few more performances yet, but um, we actually we actually uh, we've gone back to 103 viewers, but at one point we lost. We did we did go from 100 to 99. Um, I think we might have lost Gary for a bit because he uh, he just fainted <laughs> when you were uh, praising Leah. Can't believe it! Can't believe it! Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think I agree with pretty much everything that you boys have said on, on Leon Bailey. Um, Sorry, just, yeah, just read one of the comments. <laughs> Which one? Aaron's the latest one. Aaron's back. Aaron's back. Aaron is back. Right, we'll talk about him in a minute. We can't hold it any longer. But I just want to point on the on the the Bailey situation. Uh, Deontay said the Bailey and Diaby connection that worked so well at Leverkusen is now cooking at Villa. Uh, Weston said, "Did you see how Diaby celebrated Bailey's goal?" Um, and yeah, I, I guess that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like he's got he's got a friend in terms of, or a, you know, they they seem to have a good partnership, um, and they know where each other's going to run, which helps. Always options for players on the ball. We talked about a couple of years back, or when when sorry when Emery first came in last season with uh, previously McGinn, his passing was terrible. Um, but then all of a sudden, when when um, when uh, um, Emery comes back in. McGinn's passing is, is better because he's got options that are closer to him. He can make passes. Um, you know, now Bailey's got options in terms of someone to, to play with, someone to kind of work off. He's starting to look a bit more, a bit better, a bit more confident. And like you said, Kev, the competition, like you've, and the pressure is not necessarily just all on him. You've got Zaniolo, you've got Diaby, you've got Watkins, you've got uh, Duran, you've got uh, Jacob Ramsey to come back. You've got Matty Cash who's contributing with goals. You know, you've got players here who can, who through our through our system, but also through their own ability, can also score goals. So I think all of that kind of links together and and means that we get we're getting a better, hopefully, and more consistent uh, or more effectively on Bailey. Um, he just needs to do it in away games now, or, or one or two of the the away games. But I certainly think you know the the likes of you know, say we were playing a Man City, or say we were playing a a United or Liverpool, you know, particularly at Villa Park, let's say, to bring him on with 20 minutes to go in in the form that he's in now would be would be kind of dangerous for these teams, you know, especially if they've had to face Diaby or they've had to the physicality of a of a Zaniolo or something, and then you bring in the likes of Duran and Bailey off the bench. I think they're I think it'd be really dangerous. So long may it continue. Um so look, let's 
let's address the elephant in the room because I've starred about 30 comments on, on it. Um, and I think uh, Duncan said the question. Um, I'll just try, I'll, I'll basically I'll go through Rich, loads of the comments. Is this about Russell Brand? Yeah, <laughs> no, let's not get into that. <laughs> you built, built this up so much now. I'm wondering if it's like a real, real massive story. <laughs> it, it is for Villa fans, um, and it, I think it will be for the for, for the well, foreseeable Russell future. Brand, have I missed something? <laughs> just, just, just afterwards. Yeah, just, just, just yeah. We, we won't talk about it on the show. Um, Dunk says, um, "Will the Watkins fanboy channels in in quotes?" ever accept valid criticism um uh, so many so many comments he also says watkins is the weak point in the squad currently paid through the nose for dean smith's favorite championship player in 2020 um what else have we got what else have we got uh, uh yeah so i mean essentially sam i'll come to you first Obviously, Aaron with his comment, um, Watkins, he doesn't want Watkins in the team. Only place he can finish is in the bedroom. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, what do we do about Ollie Watkins? I, I, I put your your message out on it, Kev, you know, the other day in terms of backing him and, well, we, you know, we've almost got to back him and we hoped he would kind of turn it around on, on Saturday, but... Like I say, Sam, I'll come to you first. But the way he kind of snatched at that shot, that one-on-one -on -one in the first half, just shows like a lack of confidence at the moment. And yeah, I know you said that before, this will be your last kind of word on him, but where do we stand with Ollie Watkins? Yeah, I mean, look, I've said that this is my 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 last stand on Ollie Watkins about 40 times now. And I'll probably continue to say the same thing. Max, you're probably going to want to clip this at some point as well. Um, look, I'm going to try and be as reasoned as I can in this because I've I've been banging the same drum about Watkins for. I mean, you guys must be so sick when you see my name on a text and Watkins underneath it. You must just ignore it at this point. I think but George we, is probably um... <laughs> George is George is close to leaving the group. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think I think this is the point, and let's let's dissect it properly and let's try and be reasoned about it. Ollie Watkins has served a purpose at Villa. Um, he, when he first joined, he was, he matched the talent around him. He was he was in good company for where he's at as a footballer. Um, I've mentioned this a billion times, but Ollie Watkins is a purple patch player. What I mean by that is he goes through good runs that inevitably end. And that's fine. Everyone has that. But a purple patch for most players is like, oh, you normally score one and two, one and three, and then you go seven games on the trot uh, scoring a goal. That's what a purple patch is for most people. For Ollie Watkins, a purple patch is the only period in the season where he will get goals. So uh, last season, he went from August to January and he scored one goal. And then he went on the, his purple patch. He went on his incredible run. He ended up with 15 goals for the season. Fantastic, brilliant. But then what happened after that is he's now back to a period where he's got one goal in 12 games. And I don't care about his hat-trick against Hibs. I'm pretty sure Kev could score a hat-trick against Hibs from what I saw against the two games against 100%. them. 100%. Yeah. So so the, 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 the question is about Ollie Watkins is, is he good enough for Aston Villa now, where we want to go, what we want to get to? And I, and, I, and I challenge everyone, every Villa fan, to do something crazy and just just raise raise your expectations and your standards a little bit. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, Ollie Watkins is good enough. Oh, you know, he's done decent. He's done decent. 
raise raise your expectations, raise your standards. Say, do you know what? Actually, one in twelve isn't good enough um, for our only our only real striker, our only senior striker. John Durant's come in and done well, but you know he's he's unproven, he's untested, he's nineteen years old, coming from the MLS. You know he can't be he can't be the one we pin all our hopes on. Ollie Watkins is not good enough for Villa where we want to get to. We cannot keep having a striker that only scores for 15, 16 games a season. For, for, that's that's less than half of the games in all the season. And there are there are so many chances I could talk about. The one-on-one that he missed, the fact that he can't take a penalty, the fact that his first touch is terrible, the fact that Matty Cash got to the byline, crossed the ball in, and Ollie Watkins didn't even slide for it. You can look at his his stats. A lot of people say, oh, you know, well, he's, he's a good worker. Well, yesterday he, he won one ground duel, one aerial duel. He got zero, zero successful dribbles. He got three ch- three big chances missed. He he is just, if you look at his numbers throughout the game, it's just awful, awful, awful reading. He doesn't provide anything at the moment. It's not like, okay, he's not scoring goals, but he's, he's, he's contributing massively. He's not doing that pressing from the front that he used to because Unai Emery has specifically told him not to. That's not his job. His job is to score goals. And if his job is to score goals, he doesn't do it. So the obvious question is that everyone asks asks is is well who else? Okay, fine. Who else? Well, you look at we we I spoke about Callum Wilson yesterday. He's got 14 goals in 17 Premier League games. Fine. He's at Newcastle. He might not want to come to us, but we've we can offer him being first choice, which he doesn't have at Newcastle. We can offer him a lot of money. We can we can compete. We can at least ask the question. And if it's not him, then go to Germany. Go to Germany. They have that Victor Boniface four and four. They've got a guy called I think his name's Giassi. Um, I, 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 I can't remember where he plays, but he's got eight goals in, in four games. They're, it's not here. It's not in England where you find Ollie Watkins' replacement. It's abroad. There, there are there's talent everywhere. And if if anyone tells me that Ollie Watkins is the best that we can do, or that he's fit for purpose for where we're going, they're lying to themselves. And I will say to anyone in this chat who says that Ollie Watkins, I believe in Ollie Watkins, he's going to get 20 goals. Unless you have a gambling addiction or a gambling issue, do me a favor right now and put your money where your mouth is and put 50 quid, 100 quid on Ollie Watkins to get 20 goals a season. Because I guarantee you, none of you will do it. Not because the issue of, oh, you know, oh, you know, I'm not a bet. It's because you know he's not going to do it. He's never going to get 20 goals a season for Villa. And I think I saw a comment earlier saying he's as good as he's ever going to be. And that's true. He is as good as he, last season. He was as good as he could possibly be. And it's still not good enough for where we're going. We're going to lose games because of it. We're going to we're going to miss chances. We're going to miss European football. We might miss the Champions League. We only need to finish fifth this season. We're going to it's going to cost us so much to keep to this rigid Ollie Watkins defence club. And I and people say I have an agenda against Ollie Watkins. If he scores 30 goals this season, you'll never hear a peep out of me. But I would argue there's another agenda the opposite way and a bias of support for Ollie Watkins because everyone loves him because he's such a good kid and he's such a nice lad. You want him to do well. But I think eventually we're going to have to face up to the fact that one in 12 is not good enough. One goal between August and December last season wasn't good enough and it's going to cost us and he's not good enough. Well, oh, that's it. Sam is gone. He's yeah, done. Is that a mic drop? Mic drop. Right. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. Yeah, let let me. I've got so many comments coming in, guys. So I will go through them. Um, so let's just let's just go through. I've starred them all. So they're all being slightly different orders. So 
Kev, Max, I'll come to you guys as well to kind of make your points on it as well. Um, I'll get Sam back in in a second. Um, uh, but yeah, Dunk says, Watkins is the weak point in the squad currently. Play through the nose for Dean Smith's favourite championship play in 2022. Michael says, Watkins will, will score 20-plus this season. Let's not jump it on him. Um, and John says, I wonder, is Watkins' contract becoming a distraction for him? Just sign it and go on a run, Ollie. Um, so yeah, maybe so. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll come to that in a second. Um, uh, what else have we got? Matt C um, says Watkins has about fifty-five goals and assists in one hundred and twenty Prem games. He has his faults, but the disrespect is stupid. Um, John says Sam. I'll read them all through, and then we'll come come back to. We we have to play Watkins into form. When he scores one, he will go on a scoring streak. Um, Michael, I, disagree, I know, if, but then he'll stop and he'll and he'll go on another non-scoring streak. Let me read them out first, then we'll come back. I know a few people have doubts about Watkins, but his presence creates fear in defenses and and he creates assists. He will get his shooting boots on, but let's put an arm around him. He needs love. Um, what else we got? Um, Gary says, look, Watkins will never be any better than he is now. Let's sell in January. And remember, he hasn't signed yet. Um, ED says Watkins was in two minds whether to celebrate or get the ball. Diaby went for the ball too. Winner's mentality. Um, Rachel says Ollie will come good. He always does, but he does need to improve in certain aspects, and that's okay. Um, Villa will create chances, but as I said before, we need to convert, but I believe Watkins will start to bang them in. Um, Rachel also says, I think part of it is pressure, expectation, and lack of confidence. He needs to improve clinically, but he does give a lot to the team and how we play. Adamski says, apparently Gareth called Ollie and told him, although his form is enough to get him in the England squad, he still needs to play for a big club. I don't, I don't know about that, but we'll see. <laughs> Steve says, uh, while Unai still believes in Watkins, us as supporters need to do the same. He obviously a confidence player. Fanboys digging him out every week doesn't help him or us up the villa. Uh, uh, T1 says, to be honest, I don't even know what to say about Watkins. He gets paid for goals not to run the channels. I don't care what anybody says. He needs to do better um, for, for T1. Um, Weston says, let's face it, Watkins isn't top-notch, is he? I think that's one part of the jigsaw puzzle we're now missing, and that's a top, top striker. I reckon our big money signing next summer will go on a striker. Uh, Gary said, well said, Sam. Can't go 12 without a goal in the Prem as a striker. It will cost us. Um, Edie says, who do we, sorry, who do we get in to replace Watkins? Um, Rub says he doesn't score at the moment, but he doesn't get, have so bad games either. Got the penalty yesterday, hit the bar, which could have been a goal. Don't be unfair. And who's the alternative? Uh, Gaz Oaks says Watkins is the third best striker we've had since the Premier League started. These arguments drive me mad. Um, Michael said, I agree. Take needs to take his chances, but believes he will come good. Um, <clears throat> Gaz also says two assists and two penalties won this season. How's that not contributing? Um, Wilson is older and not a big enough improvement. What's the point? Uh, Blackroom says, who, when would you get to replace Watkins at the moment? Uh, Alan says, Watkins, love him, puts his shift in him at the moment. Don't think he would finish a good dinner. Let's hope he improves. Um, Gaz said, there's four, there's like four players in the last five years who's hit 20 goals in the last five years. It's a stupid argument. 
Um, and again, Black Room says, "Who do you get to well, replace?" Can I can I respond to to, to Gaz because he's he's putting about sixty comments there. It's not a stupid argument by stupid people. It's a very valid argument that I've backed up with numbers and statistics and facts. Talk about Ollie Watkins' goal count last season. I don't think he was in the top ten Premier League goal scorers last year. There were wingers who outscored him. There were Callum Wilson who came off the bench. Uh, you know. 20 times and outscored him, got 18 goals last season. I'm mean, Look, let me clarify this. I'm not saying Ollie Watkins is a bad footballer, or he's not a Premier League player. He definitely is a Premier League player for a really good mid-table club. He was a great striker for Villa when we had got when we got promoted and we were trying to climb our way through the ranks. He's he's a he was brilliant. He was exactly what no one was complaining about Ollie Watkins then because he was as good as the players around him. We're seeing the levels and the quality go up. This is not an agenda against Ollie Watkins. I don't have nothing against him. I wish him all the best. And you know what? My ideal scenario is that a player that we've already got in Ollie Watkins turns consistent and bangs 20 goals a, a season in. I'm not, it's, it's, it's not a stupid argument. This is just based in fact. And we have this conversation about Ollie Watkins time and time again because he constantly goes on on these runs of not scoring. And it's not, look, George said earlier, oh, it doesn't cost us anything because we're still winning games. Well, it does cost us because we don't win every game. And I'm not saying we should win every game, but let's take the Newcastle game, for example. You know, there were chances, there were chances in that game. I don't know if you remember in the first half where Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins missed chances and just one goal. Do you know what I mean? Just a momentum swing. Someone who's clinical, someone who drags us back into the game. And like John Duran did to, uh, did yesterday, John Duran came on the pitch. He took a, an impossible, impossible chance and, and he brought us back into the game. He changed the game. He changed a moment. Ollie Watkins only ever tends to play well when everyone else is playing well, when we're steamrolling uh, the game. He never... So you don't really expect him to do anything just on his own or to bring us back in a bad moment. He, he you know, he kind of carries. You want a leader from the front. You want someone who, who you know, who, who is that kind of proven striker. And look, the question is, who comes in? I don't know. And if I did know, I'd go and be a scout for Villa and, and, and that would be an easy job. Strikers are not easy to come by at the moment. And that I will give you as well. I'm not saying, oh, it's obvious that we can get million options that are better than Molly Watkins. All I'm saying is his record isn't good enough. His contribution to games isn't good enough. The number of chances he misses is absolutely obscene. His first touch is horrible. There's just so much about Ollie Watkins that 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 leaves a lot to be desired. All I'm saying, I've recognised and I acknowledge every single time I watch us, Ollie Watkins frustrates me with the way he plays because I don't think he's good enough. He does, he's not, and especially if we want to. Someone talked about winning a winning a trophy this year or going on to compete in Europe. We can't do that without a strike, and I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm purposely blocking out the comments because I just wanted to get that out and and yeah, just, no, no, just, just say that it's not an agenda against Ollie Watkins. It's just facts. I, look, it's 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 one of those where you kind of think we've won a game, we've won three one, we're seventh in the table, and it, you know, it's 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 one of those where it's kind of do you be slightly negative and make points, but it's all constructive criticism. Like you said, Sam, you've clarified it with the fact that you're not saying he's a bad player. You're not saying he's um, not helped us to get to where we are. It absolutely has. It's just, is there a conversation to be had whereby a player who has scored one goal in 12 Premier League games, who has done that previously, yes, he's gone on good runs. Is that going to take us to those higher positions in the league? And, the, like the, it has to be said at this minute in time. No, like people don't have an issue with saying that Leon Bailey is crap. People don't have a problem with saying me included. Emmy Buendia is crap. People don't have a problem with saying Matty Cash is crap. 
But as soon as you say Ollie Watkins isn't isn't good enough, like everyone goes up in arms. Like it's 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 one. It's I saw one people criticizing Pau Torres. I saw people yeah. criticizing Pau Torres. He got more 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 passes into final third than any other player in any other game this this weekend from centre back. But people are allowed to criticize him, and it's fine because he is a bit lightweight at the back. Everyone can have can have. Their, their opinions and Gaz is comparing him to Harlan. Look how now. much Mings. Look how much Mings. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he, he he won't be a better player, but I'm just saying we've had Oli Watkins for long enough to know what his pattern is. He's a purple patch player. He will go through a purple. He will get better. He will go on a scoring streak, but then he'll drop off again. And that's not the kind of consistency that you need at this level. You know, Gaz, you could talk about Harlan missing 30 big chance big chances. We got 46 goals in 40 games. He didn't get one goal in 12. So can we let's let's not compare Haaland and Ollie Watkins. All I'm saying is come I thought we should have done it in the summer, but come January, we need to go out, we need to find a striker, keep Ollie Watkins, keep him at the club. He fits he, he serves a purpose and I'm happy to have him here. He's a good lad. I'm happy to have him here. Go out and supplement him. You need to get a better striker and make Ollie compete because at the moment there's almost no pressure. Someone said it early earlier, Duran's not not good enough to start or he's too he's too raw to start for Villa. Yeah, that's probably true. So what's our only option is to play a striker that isn't scoring? Someone tell me how that yeah. makes sense. Um, Gaz says, Gaz says uh, nonsense, Watkins gets more st- stick than anyone apart from I don't him. think he does. I, I don't think, think he does. I think Leon Bale is the, the, the one who gets most of the stick. I think, I think Watkins... I, I, put, I put a message anyone. out saying... I put a, a slightly tongue-in-cheek message, you know, the may your apology be as loud as your disrespect... And there's people still saying that he's shit. There's people saying that he's crap. Um, like, so look, to me, Bailey gets the most criticism out of anyone. And look, you expect it with wingers. You expect it with strikers. They're the ones who get the big bills. They're the ones who are, who are there to kind of win you the games and I totally expect, accept it. But it's, yeah, it's, uh, you, you can't, you can't it's Leon Bailey, 100%. Yeah, of course, of course. We love these discussions, and this is part of the reason why we love the comments. We read the comments. We have these discussions because this is what we are as a podcast. I, I, I appreciate Gaz's, Gaz's position on it, and, and it's fine. I'm only saying what I see. I'm saying what I feel every single time I, I watch Villa and, and, and the frustration that I feel when I, you know, when I watch him play. Gaz feels differently, and that's absolutely fine. We're here to, you know, and that's what we love about this podcast is we, it's not one of them where everyone has the exact same opinion. Honestly, if you had George on right here, he'd be completely agreeing with Gaz, and he'd be saying, you know, he, he'd be saying, no, Sam, you're absolutely wrong. I think Ollie Watkins is the dog's bollocks. He's the best striker in the world, the best striker we've ever had, best striker that we've had in the Premier League. Fine. Absolutely fine. You're more, more than welcome to have that opinion. But I know that more and more, when I first had this opinion, I had almost no one on the same wavelength as me. And now, as we're getting further on into the season and further on from the back end of last season, I feel like more and more people are coming around and understanding what I'm what I'm coming, uh, you know, where I'm coming from and what, what I'm trying to say. So that's it. That's my piece. And like I say, it's my last for now piece on Watkins. But, you know, is what yeah, it is. Well, Merry Merry Christmas, everyone, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, a happy, yeah. happy New Year. Um, Kev, Max, you've sat there very, very patiently while we've gone through all of the comments, um, and you know they're still coming in. Um, but yeah, Kev, I'll come to you first. Have you got anything to add to this discussion on on Watkins? I know, like, say you had a, a little comment, and I clipped it up, or Max clipped it up to go out on on social media. Um, 
and we really, you know, and I, I'm sure Sam wants wants him to do well. It's not that we don't people don't want him to do well, and we wanted him to to back him for, for to get a goal. And I'm sure he will get goals coming through. But anything you want to add to the, the Watkins discussion? Nah, I know I do really. Sorry, I do really. Um, so um, yeah, I um, I think you know, I'm, I'm pleased with Sam because you know everyone needs a good therapy session, even though it was just Sam talking. <laughs> you know, it's it's good it's good to talk. It's good to talk. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you should have been paid three hundred quid for the hour to listen to that. But no, um, all jokes aside, um, I am. Um, I, I mean, I largely agree with Sam. I do, I, and I think Sam knows that I do. And we had a little chat pre-pod, and I was like, yeah, maybe I sort of like fanning out a little bit, you know, last week, but. I'm looking at it as like in, in a situation where it's all kind of going a bit wrong, you feel that's all you've got. You just got to hope, haven't you? You know, as your plane descends towards the ocean, you've got to think, man, the pilot's going to turn this around. He definitely is not. You're a prick, mate, for crashing the plane. You know, you've got to like, you've got to try and get behind, get behind your teammates. Um, and I did think Crystal Palace at home, he's going to get his opportunity. As he went through from that back pass by Joel Ward, I thought, right, this is his chance. And then he, you know, he took it like 10 yards too early, but maybe that's nerves, confidence. I don't know. Um, do I feel he's good enough for yeah? Do I feel he's good enough for us to where we want to get to ultimately? Not as the sole main striking option. I don't, I don't. I think there needs to be someone else. And that's probably why the Abraham links were there. Jonathan David links, you know, Dusan Vlavic. There's all sorts of links, whether we get them or not. The argument about who else to replace with, I I think is isn't a great argument. Because I tell you why. Why would we brought Munchie in? Why have we got Unai Emery if we can't attract players? That's the whole point of being the kind of club that we are. You know, who else are you going to get? Well, find someone. You know, f- find someone. So that doesn't bother me too much. Um, he's the best we've got right now. Duran is not going to start, I don't think, big games. And I do think he'll get goals. But, um, you know, and I think Watkins, I think Watkins could still score 20 goals maybe in all comps this season. Because um, as Sam says, you know, he could easily go on a non-goal scoring run, but he could easily go on a scoring run. And last season... To give him credit, there were times in that in that sort of second half of the season when you know there was the Southampton away win when he got a goal when you know really that game looked like it was going to be you know no result. He got a uh, nervous penalty to put us one up against Everton away. You know and that again wasn't always his, his credit, but he smashed it in. You know great goals, great finishes against Arsenal, Man City. You know I think he did things last season. What I find out Watkins is he'll really surprise me. I think he's way worse than he is, and then he'll go on go on a run of performances when he'll be strong, he'll be holding it up. Rich, we've done a couple of pods on against Liverpool post Liverpool, where you know Van Dyke must hate playing against him because he's like yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Um, but listen, I think that the key thing I'd say is like we want we, we want Villa to do well, and some people will be more uh, loyal and loving of Oli because of the things he has done, and maybe they're comparing it to what else is out there. By the way, the Tony comparison—if you look at actual like non-penalty goals—they both scored fourteen goals last season. Yeah, but um, you can actually score penalties, Kev. No, I know. Watkins was on penalties. He just missed them. <laughs> if, you put, if you put penalties to one side, I'm just saying, like in terms of goals scored, I mean that equal. And if, you know, he was top, he was top seven. Um, so we all want Villa to do well. We all want Villa to, and we want to be the best team we can be. And but wait, I think it's a really good point because I think I, Sam made. I think I lose my um, my dislike of Watkins when we're winning games. Ah, we beat Hibernian, but I feel like I say like about Luca Dini sometimes. Let's beat Hibs. We beat Burnley. We beat Everton. We beat Crystal Palace at the weekend. Ah, it's all fine. There's, who cares if, if 10 players are shit? Because, you know, Martinez has scored a hat-trick, you know, whatever. Duran scored a goal. Um, but actually, if you if you to analyse it, maybe a goal in that first half against Newcastle does change it. And maybe if that Salah goals is given offside and then Watkins scores a chance, he won up against Liverpool rather than one down. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of permutations. 
Um, we all want Villa to do the best we can be, but we, unfortunately, we are where we are now until uh, until January. So I, I look at it and think, I just think we've got to get behind this situation. Because I, I do wonder sometimes, we can talk about it, but once that pressure builds, I alluded to this earlier on, like if we had not beat Palace, because if it had been that what looked like it was going to be a 1-0 smash and grab, I think there'd be a lot more heat now than it's out there. So like for the club to have a successful season, I just think we've got to stay positive. And, you know, it maybe in the background, we can talk about it clearly because you know we, we you know that's our job to do it. You know, want you know not not paid, but you know that's our job to do it. But um, I really hope, like you know, I really hope we can get through because we're going to need him. We're going to need him this season. Yeah, and and, and, yeah. and and the thing is, I keep I keep all of this here. Like when I go to Villa Park, you know, and I, and I go and I sit in my seat every week, then I'm I'm behind him. I don't. No, I don't you're not. You know, you got a Watkins. He's a prick flag. You old out. No, 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 no. Do <laughs> you know what? Honestly, five people to hold it out. It's a big. I'm, it's a big sign of the ground in the crowd. I'm with him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna boo him. I'm not gonna. You know. But you know, it's just after the game, you sit back and we literally have to analyze it. So we come on and talk talk about it and and. You know, it's just observation. But I'm, I'm with you. He is all we've. He's what we've got now until January. And he gets my backing, as in I'm, I'm willing him to do well. But I can't help. Sammy's sometimes probably I... Sammy's probably what we've got until till summer. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely what we've got until January. Probably what we got until summer. And you know, until then, I've, I've you know, I've, I've, I've got his back. I want him to score because I want Villa to win. I don't, I don't really, I don't really care about Ollie Watkins personally. He's either he's just a player. To me, he's either playing well or not playing well. I want Villa to do well. Um, it's not like previously when you had Jack, and I personally was invested in him doing well. We've got a great team of players. I just want the best players on there playing well. So um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not wishing. I'm not wish. George said uh, in a text to me, he's like, I almost. I almost feel like you want Watkins to do badly to prove your point. Absolutely not. I would love to be proven wrong. I would love for him to go on a go and get 20 goals this season. If he got 20 goals this season, everyone would be like, wow, Sam, you're wrong. There'd be no one happier than me because it means Villa have probably done something. So I can't lose either way. Um, but yeah, let's see what he does. I'm with him. And I don't want to cloud you know what a fantastic game it was yesterday what a performance it was by loads of other players and what a comeback it was something very rare but the fans don't get a lot i don't want to always talk about watkins but whilst we're on the subject you know well look we, a, we yeah he caught it is a talking point isn't it and we've covered bailey we've covered watkins um we'll round off the show because we've i mean we've still got we've got 115 people watching which is absolutely phenomenal um my I'll come to you, Max, just to round off, not on Watkins, but one or two other little bits just to finish the show off. Um, I, I hope that he takes kind of the Duran um, and the other players, you know, the Zaniolos, the Diabis, as, as positive pressure because he's got, he's, got he's got to have some pressure on him now. He's got to step up. Like that's If he wants to be a leader, if he wants to be a main senior player in the team, then step up when the time is, when it's the time is, uh, the pressure is on and the time is now to do it. Like, that's that's what you get paid the big bucks for, mate. That that's if you want to go to a big club or you want to sign an improved deal with Villa, then then sort it out. Score it, score, put your chances away. That's what you're paid to do. Do it. Like, you know, in the words of Brian Clough, <laughs> that's <laughs> do your job. That's what you bloody get paid for. So do it. No more, no more, no less. Um but Max, I guess for for just to finish off, I think um in terms of one or two other players that have, have had a discussion, I, I guess um, from a positive and a negative, Pau Torres, um, and um, and also, as I said before, from a, a kind of real 
I guess in a midfield situation, the Kamara Tielemans kind of question. Um, so yeah, let's start on Torres. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because for me, I think you know the way that he he allows us to control games, his passing, his progressive passing. I think he's he's outweighing that negative in terms of the physicality at the moment, and he's getting used to the Premier League and also playing with Conte. Well. No one, when he came in, no no one thought he was going to be this big, like offensively strong player. He's he's what he is. He's a a ball playing centre back. He gets the ball and he, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, he takes the ball and he drives. He just he passes it forward like the the on another day. The RB's and in his knees not extended and it's onside and it's one nil. So and he's got an assist. I think he was he's what he's there for. He's one of the best in the world at doing what he's doing in terms of passing out from the back. I think I've, as I said, he got rinsed a bit for their goal, but a big, <laughs> big striker. He just lost it, just lost for pace. I mean, it's not anything really you can do about it. And then Martinez slips and it's one nil. I don't think, I think personally he was really good. And I don't, I don't really understand the criticism of him, to be honest, because he's been chucked in to, not only a league he hasn't played for, but a country that he's never played in before. And he, I think he's been, other than um, the mistake against Liverpool was a bit of a, a bit of a moment. But other than that, I think he's been basically what I thought he was going to be. And I think he's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Gaz, he's meant to play with Mings. His ball for Diaby was super. Oh no, that's a, yeah. His ball for Diaby was superb. Absolutely. Um, Alfie said, Power is our best defender that is fit at the minute. Duncan said Torres, class defender. Uh, Michael said Power is class. Um, uh, Gary said Torres was fine, but Palace didn't pressure him. Um, do you feel like, Kev, that he'll be just getting used to the get used to the Premier League and the more games that he plays, the better he will get? 100%, yeah. I mean, he's been throwing the deep end, let's be clear. like um, There's been countless, a litany of examples that um, you, know, you could give for players in the Premier League and before that era that come to the league, whether they're a young player, an experienced player, and can take time to get up to speed, but particularly overseas players do. And he wouldn't look at Cristiano Ronaldo, probably one of the greatest players of all time, top five of all time, top three maybe, who struggled at first. Plenty of players have been like that. Um, you know, Salah, when he was young, didn't really do great things at Chelsea. De Bruyne, I mean, I know maybe younger examples, but you get my point, you know, it takes time. It's a fast league, the Premier League. It's quicker, obviously, than La Liga. And, um, and he was supposed to be that, that probably that player alongside that big bustling, you know, hero that we've got in Tyro Mings. So it would be hard for him. I am. Um, I think he's, he's a really good player. I think he's a really good player. Um, I think he gets found out. I think the problem with him sometimes he's been the high line. Um, I think for the whole whole thing that we do against those kind of teams, you know, our, our structure. You know, Gareth and I talked about it on the Talking Tactics podcast. You know, while you were sunning yourself in Mexico, Rich and. You know, uh, for those that haven't seen it, um, they were great the last two weeks. They weren't too good before, but the last two were brilliant. Phenomenal. Yeah, no, Phenomenal. Uh, all jokes aside. But um, that high line, it kills us away from home. And if you're not uh, a, a blessed with pace as a defender, um, I think we're going to get found out. But, I mean, the, the pass for the goal for Diaby was absolutely sublime. And those stats about his, how much he's been passing out and, like, the best over the weekend, he's so comfortable on the ball. He's, you know, he's, he's so intelligent. Matt, at times, I'm, I'm begging our centre-halves over the years. I've, I've mentioned this time and time again on the podcast in the past. Play a diagonal pass to, to, you know, to whoever it was at the time, you know, currently Dina and, and obviously Cash. 
And we're seeing that a lot more now. We're even seeing Konza do it a bit more. We've seen, seen Mings do it more last season. So that's clearly a style of play, but it, it really speeds the game on when you're doing that kind of thing and creates chances. So, um, yeah, I'm um, I'm team Torres. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. And finally, um, getting comments on Tielemans. A few people saying thoughts on Tielemans yesterday. Um, and... I guess off the back of his comments uh, in the week and being interviewed, obviously he put a great ball in for for Watkins to get the penalty. He kind of had the assist for, before the assist at the end for to playing the ball through to Diaby. Again, uh, I know Max, you had a couple of comments on on team as well. I'll come to you, Sam, first. I mean, is it a case of just just sort of wait and see with Tielemans? I know in preseason he was fantastic in in a number of games, or. Do you think he's kind of done enough now to to get a start over, say, a Kamara, for example? Oh, I'll tell you another thing that annoys me about Watkins. No, I'm joking. Ah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I like Tielemans, like you know. I, um, I, I get it. I understand why some people have their issues with him. Maybe he's not, like, the most hardworking player, but he plays – he's got some real quality, like – at his feet, he's kind of Douglas Louise is a really, really good pass. Like he's just good at spraying the ball around. He never loses it. He's very sure and not just like sideways passing, but he can drive and turn. Like he's really good. But Tielemans is just a little bit better at those kind of like you know those cutting balls in. It's just like finding that line. Um, and like you say, he played the ball in through to Ollie. Played the the ball to Diaby before the Bailey goal. You know, these are important moments and I feel like he he's he has a place and he has a purpose and maybe he needs to improve at, at some other things that he didn't really have to do at, at Leicester because he was so good. You know, he was just kind of, he just did what he did, but then he needs to improve his game. But I, I love Tielemans as a signing. I like him as a player. Um, I think, you know, I, maybe in games like against Palace where we're going to have, what did we have, 65 to 70% of possession, I wouldn't mind kind of letting Kamara sit that one out when we're not going to be doing as much defending and give Tielemans kind of reign to 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 um no I what do you know what? <laughs> me and you outside. No, no, no. no I, I, I I like I like him and I think that in those in those kind of games where we're gonna have most of the ball and like Kev, Kev said right at the start, we're gonna to have to break teams down. I like the idea of bringing in Tielemans alongside Douglas Luiz to to start picking those holes and, and moving things a bit quicker than Kamara does. Yeah, yeah. And Max, you were kind of slightly critical of, of Tielemans when he first came on yesterday, maybe took his time to get up to the pace of the game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I guess a couple of in, influential passes, but are you, are you kind of waiting to see a little bit more from him, I would, I would say? Yeah, well, I, that's basically the same thing as Sam said in terms of the sign as a signing. I really like it. I always thought he was really good at Leicester. I think he, there is a good player there, but it's just he just seemed to. I don't know if it's he trying to do too much. Maybe he kind of ran down Cody Sacks a lot. He was kind of getting pickpocketed and was slow to get back up to chase back and stuff like that. He was just a bit. I don't know if it's because he's trying things that just aren't coming off. Maybe it's just like he's trying to make those incisive passes, which he got the two that were game winners in the end. I think unless he's trying that too much, maybe it's just because he's not playing the minutes, he's taking time to get up to speed. I, I just, I don't know if it's, I mean, it feels like I'm alone in it, but I still think Kamara has been really good. I don't think he's been as, as half as bad as people have seemed to suggest he has been. I think I he does. He, he's, I mean, not celebrating the goal. I don't, Personally, no, I'm not going to read anything into that. Really. Absolutely not. 
Like, yeah. And then I just, well, I think, especially, I think yesterday he was, for what he does, I don't know what he's, because he, he also makes it possible for Digne and for Cash to be in positions where they are, especially Cash, because a lot of the time Kamara's sitting in a back three with the centre back. Well, that, well, yeah, well, that's what Emery said yesterday, didn't he? He said they've been trying that with Kamara dropping into to the central defence. Uh, to make a back three, and he has obviously got yeah, he's obviously used to that because he has played a centre back before. So yeah, no, I, I've never disputed the fact that Kamara's not a fantastic footballer. I just wish he'd put a little bit more meat on the bones. Yeah, I just think I think for he's another one on the three, and I think if we bought him for, I think I don't I mean don't know how true what I'm going to say is, but like in terms of I think if we bought bought him for forty million quid last year. I think people's perception might be different because I think he's. I think we would now if he'd been playing like he is for us at a different club. I think we'd have no chance of signing him. I think he'd be going off to Man City to be Rodri replacement. That kind of. Like, I think he'd be that kind of player. I just think for where we are, like Sam saying with Watkins probably not being where we are at the minute, but for where we want to be going, I think Kamara is one of the best players we're going to find. Fair, fair point. Um, last last little mention on another player, um, Esri Concert. He always seems to go like not unmentioned. Um, and I know, Sam, you wanted to kind of maybe praise him a little bit in terms of his contribution and still not in the England squad. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't choose Portugal, to be fair. But yeah, I mean, I guess he's kind of Villa's Mr. Consistent, I would say. Yeah, I think he's he, he's played or started was it forty one games on the bounce? I heard in the commentary or something yesterday. He's he's brilliant. I just wanted to to point it out. He's always been a Rolls Royce of a player. I know when we had that kind of sticky Steven Gerrard period, he he lost his touch a bit. He lost his flair. But he's just you know Mings Mings getting injured could have been so catastrophic for Villa. And Esri's just kind of stepped up and he's he's kind of shoring up Pau Torres where, you know, maybe he kind of lacks. I think I think people don't notice how many times maybe like Pau Torres is, is, is kind of caught out by the speed of the Premier League and Esri Konsa just comes over and covers and, and, and he's just kind of looking after his looking after his centre-back partner. And um, yeah, I, I just think he's he's brilliant. And not only that, he allows Matty Cash to get forward and Matty Cash has been getting into some really brilliant positions up the field this season and you know maybe on another podcast we we talk about that but I think Konsa is just so classy because he covers that right back position he covers his centre back and also his, his, his mate on his left and he's just he's just brilliant and I don't think it can I, I personally I don't even know what number you would put on Esri Konsa if we were to sell him but uh, you know, for me, someone in the chat said 70, 75 million or something. I was going to say, I'd, I'd say, 50, I wanted to get rid of him for anything less than 50. I think he's, I think he's an absolute gem in this, in this Villa squad and has been for a long time. So, uh, yeah, absolutely love him. A Rolls Royce of a player. And, uh, yeah, hope he, ca- hope he continues it. Class, class. Um, boys, what an, what a show, lads. What a show. Over 100 people in the, uh, in the chat watching at 10 past 11 phenomenal stuff and it's always great to talk about a win a comeback win at that um and yeah we've covered all all sorts players who aren't quite there players who are there inspirational players um yeah just just uh, and we've still got people disagreeing in the chat which is great is it it just (laughs) you know the way i the way i feel about watkins gas feels about me yeah 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 yeah. everyone knows that i'm a terrible pundit yeah but yeah but 
<laughs> Go on. Sorry, mate. I, know I was just going to say all the best, Gaz, mate. You could, yeah, you, yeah. I'm going to be in his nightmares today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fantastic show. And we love the comments. That's why we read so yeah. many out. We love to cause debate. We love we love the opinions. Um, and uh, that's what it is all about. Like we've all, we've all got opinions and we all love Villa at the end of the day. We all want the players to do well. It's just we sometimes have a different view on it. And between the four of us on this chat, between the guys on the in Villa Park pod, between all, all you guys watching, it's great to have these disagreements, but also come out from the fact that we love Villa. So thank you all for watching. There is loads of content coming up for the week. We're going to do some of the points that the questions and stuff that have been raised today. We are going to do a separate show every week for a fans forum that will cover you know, one or two other things, whether that be the women's team, whether that be, you know, things around the club, because there's lots of things off the pitch that aren't going as well as they are on the pitch. Um, we'll cover youth team, we'll cover lone players, and it'll be, you know, you guys having your say. So that'll be tomorrow at 10. Um, so do get any questions, any um, any talking points that you want to bring up on the fans forum ready for tomorrow. Um, we'll be doing uh, talking tactics with Gareth will be coming up this week. Um, we've got uh, we've got match preview for Legia Warsaw proper conference league starts this week we've got match reaction to that game we've got match preview for Chelsea so so much stuff coming up so do stick with the channel hit that like button hit that subscribe button help us on the road to 3k um, but lads as I say thank you so much thank you for all of you in the chat and as always remember we all follow the villa thanks everyone oh,